here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Pyro, Michael Cole. Oh my God, is that? Oh, it's the demon. The demon has returned. Jeff Hawkins. Choke slam and that's it. There you go. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. episode 269 freeform rob's not here ww is kind of filling time and we'll go into some of that but here to talk to me and who knows where it goes co-host of wrestling observer live on the sports byline usa radio network the co-host of the adam and mike big audio nightmare which actually got me into new japan a fellow mid-atlantic kid mr mike sempervivi michael you wrote me this week said you wanted a soapbox and since you're the one slumming it let's go what do you want to talk about you think, you think I'm slumming it? This network of airwaves with Joe Lanza, and you think I'm slumming <laughs> it with you, for, for heaven's sakes? I mean... Well, I heard you talk <laughs> with Joe with, with Joe and Rich before, and we went into all this, like, arcane or, or under-the-radar Japanese wrestling. I'm fascinated by it, but it's like, this is nothing I watch right now. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talk WWE mostly and occasionally venture off from there. <laughs> I figured I was like, I've been losing my mind recently. I, I feel as though I'm, I do a show daily where occasionally there's a, you know, I, I don't know how the old song, turn on your gaslight, I, I think was it, that's what it's like doing a show with Brian Alvarez sometimes. Ga- gaslighting? As, as you think he, he's driving you nuts? It's like the play. I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you listen to the show. Am I, am I crazy? Am I crazy or is he driving me crazy? Are we all just crazy? Like what is I don't know. You I don't wouldn't know. be the first co-host that Brian Alvarez has driven crazy either. So, <laughs> I just I think of that old Eddie Murphy stand-up bit where he's talking about like you know when Richard Pryor went crazy in, in the seventies, and he's talking about like he's talking about like the the fashions of black folks and <laughs> like big huge hats and platform shoes and dressing all crazy because it was like I'm about to lose my mind in this motherfucker, and, and that's kind of you know. <laughs> Before my horse got sick last week and I wrecked out on the ranch and I couldn't go in and face uh, Mr. Briscoe, um, <laughs> damnedest thing. I mean, that that's kind of how I was feeling. <laughs> well, you know what? I got a question that fits our wheelhouse. And uh, instead of going into my random uh, Rob Naylor-esque, hey, let, let's talk about the Barbarian and Dick Slater as U.S. Tag Champs. One of the great runs of all time <laughs> in the NWA. <laughs> Uh, I've done one show with uh, Naylor like way back, and like that—that's a—that's a good transition right there. Like you know, <laughs> I'm glad you're talking about that. Let's talk about the origins of PN News. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Motherfuckers have me on shows, and it's like, and I appreciate it. But like, one of the worst things that ever happened was like our Japanese wrestling expert Mike Sempervivi. No, it's like you don't understand. I got the job with the PPH because it was more of like an American point of view and that's not actually not how i got the job with the pph we created that motherfucker but it was like that's like going into it it was like 
I'm an American who watches Japanese wrestling. I am not an expert in any of this stuff. I just I will tell you what I like and, and what I observe here. But it's like I, I appreciate it. But like people will go like, you know, you know, tell me about like, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi wrestled a match in, in, in 2002 when he was a young boy against him. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't I, I, I can't call it. I can't recall it. I'm trying to remember yesterday. Like, yeah. you know, give me so I don't have that. I don't have that Alan Farrell Rolodex like you know recall. I just I never did, and I damn sure don't have it's, it right now. It's yeah, forty-two. Give it to me. Give, let me have some time for some show prep before you throw those types of questions at me. It's like, hey, in 1989 during this match on on six oh five between you know Eddie Gilbert I, and so yeah. and so, this happened. This, what do you remember about that? I'm like. Well, I need to go back and watch, and then maybe my memory. I mean, Alan Farrell and, and Dave Meltzer are both can do that. I I need to I need the questions ahead of time. But- I have taken punches and fine oils <laughs> in my lifetime. I mean, it's just I get you get a little worn down a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. I did an AMA last week, and uh, wait, where on Reddit? No, here on here on uh, Voices or on uh, Shake Them Ropes. I did an episode. I was going to say I can ima- I can't believe you. <laughs> You could put yourself through that. No, I mean, this I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on the, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the observer board. I don't need to do <laughs> red. You don't need multiple masochism. That's true. Yeah. Um. No, but someone asked, and and you're a good guest for this because because you and I are of a similar generation and of a similar geographical upbringing. So we had kind of the same sort of exposure to different things. I was asked um from from Rich, I'd love to hear you do a long breakdown of what you mean of the WWE being afraid of heat and how the sponsors impact that. About being afraid of heat and how the sponsors impact? Yeah. I mean, depends on what your definition of heat is. You know what I mean? Um, it's been kind of bastardized. There is, there is pro wrestling heat from yeah. traditional old pro wrestling heat. And it's going to be tough to get that kind of thing back. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much nationalism and racism and a lot of that stuff. I mean, from the beginning of, of time, that's just that stuff. You can go back into the, the olden days when everybody said everything was real and you're going to find yourself some terrible Turks. You're going to find yourself some Americuses. You're going to find farmers. You're going to find, you know, all that sort of stuff. All that gimmickry was always a part of it. Nationalism and, and xenophobia and race and all that. You could play that stuff. You could play it on TV with sitcoms. You could play it with comedy. You could play it in lots of places. Well, you can't really do that anymore. I mean, you can in some ways, but like you got to have some levels to it. You got to have some depth to it. You can't go with the easy heat anymore. That's for sure. I mean, I grew up at a time when and you got to remember this watching like Channel 5 and Channel 20 or whatever, wherever you were at that played WWF. I mean, Butch Reed, (laughs) when Butch Reed was there cutting promos on Tino Santana, this is 87. And he's talking about that yellow streak as well as the wet streak that's running down your back, boy. (laughs) And that was one of the nicer things that he said about Tino Santana. I mean, like stuff like that, you cannot do anymore unless you want to add some layers to it. And I'm all for adding some layers to things. It's just WWE, for the most part, doesn't want to spend that time investing to that type of heat. So we get the dumb heat too often, like we got with SmackDown, with Samoa Joe and with Daniel Bryan, which was big cast comes down to get quote-unquote heat because now the fans aren't going to get the match that they wanted. I think, you know, there, there's, again, that that's a simplistic way, and I, I know there's different levels of, of heat and different types of heat, but, like, in general, when most people usually ask about that old type of heat, like, 
Man, you you can sort of do it, but I mean, it needs to be updated. Something fierce. Well, you know, I I kind of uh, I'm I'm a little bit more general in that I know that all that because I still consider that nationalist heat kind of cheap as well. But I, I mean, I just the basic two guys that really don't like each other and talk like they really don't like each other, and then they wrestle like they're having they want to hurt one another and then get the pin. That that's all I'm really talking about. And to to your example, that Daniel Bryan promo, no music comes out. I'm go- if you talk about my family again, I'm gonna break your leg. That's there all I want. That is all yes. I want in a wrestling build right there is just to know that someone feels something about what the other guy is saying about them. You know, and it's and yes. I, go ahead. I've said it a bazillion times. I'll I'll say it again here. I mean. Why do you want to watch two half-naked people get all sweaty on a canvas that is raised up above everything else with a spotlight on them? Why do you want to see these people punch each other or grapple with each other? It's either to determine who is the better sportsman or it's to settle a competition or, 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 or for money or for a prize. I mean, that's what you're doing. Like, how do you build interest in that? You know, it's really very simple. You do it the same way you've done it traditionally for years and years and years. I mean, you just create the conflict. Is it about the belt? Is it about the money? Or is it about your face and I want to punch it because I think you did me wrong or I just don't like your ass? <laughs> and like, they sometimes they make, they take that stuff and they make it way too damn difficult or you hear like you well you can't do the pure sports build. Look, the pure sports build can be entertaining. I mean, boxing, wrestling, any individual sport, any individual competition, it's all the same way. You know what I mean? Like I don't understand. Sometimes I just they make things too difficult, and and, and people make things too difficult. Yeah, it, it's like why did you know back in the mid nineties? Why did you or early nineties? Why did, in the late eighties? Why did you want to watch the Detroit Pistons? It's because they talk so much crap. And then the Celtics talked a lot of crap. And then you had Jordan talking crap. And you want to see these teams beat the crap out of each other on the basketball court. That was fun for me. I, I you know, it's funny you, you talk about Butch Reed on 87. This is going to be a bit of a digression. I didn't get to see WWE until I got cable when I was like 12 or 13. So by that time, I was already far gone in terms of the only WWF I had seen was like Saturday night's main events and stuff like that. So I always thought it was like just kind of kitty stuff. But I remember people talking about that butch, those butch Reed promos and the soft racism in those. And I'm like, does anybody remember Buddy Landell selling off butch Reed to Skandar Akbar in mid South? Because this, this yes. is just, this is just karmic payback for butch right now. He just, he, he's kind of due to, to, to lash out a bit after going through that angle. <laughs> I mean, some of the, I mean, I mean, when when did uh, Harlem Heat leave Global and go to WCW? That when is the ninety six ish ninety five? When I can't even remember when USWA or whatever it was when Global uh, kind of came and went. But like, you know, they were going to introduce them, or there was they somebody had the bright idea to to introduce them with Colonel Rob Parker bringing them out in chains, and it's like. You know, I would bitch like I guess again, I went to Baltimore for the you know, majority of my matches went to the cap center, too. But like went to Baltimore and it was like when the Southern boys like people had you know, the Southern boys going out there with Confederate flags in Baltimore is like 
<laughs> like, you know, it being a little bit tone deaf. And it's like wrestling's always been a little bit behind. <laughs> you know, they've always it's always been a real kind of like it's been tough sometimes to get the whole industry going forward. And that, like to have that happen at that point in time, that late in the game. I mean, it just it just tells you that, like, you know, we we've made great strides here in the last 20 years. And thankfully, that's the case. And hopefully we don't have stuff like that anymore. Although I guess people to differing degrees can can be offended by lots of things. Well, it, it's funny because you watch the old network and I've shown this to people like I, I went to shows in Norfolk and Hampton down in Virginia. So flying oh, the yeah. Confederate flag and being a baby face. No, there was there was no problem with that. Even from like it was weird because even those crowds were heavily African American and they still cheered. And you kind of there was an article on Voices about the Confederate flag and wrestling, and it was it was written from a, a from a generational perspective about two generations later, and they could not understand how people could be so tone deaf and stuff and stuff. And it's like look, it was a natural progression, and we've passed by it. You know, and and watching the Freebirds with the painted stars and bars on their faces, they came out to fight. It, it just, it, it's an. Well, it, I think a lot of people they 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 kind of yell, and you know, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of things. If you were born, and that's you know, I always have to constantly remind myself of this. Of like, you know, you got to remember to to feed off the young because like a kid that is 18 today was born in 2000. <laughs> so for them to go back and, and to try to put them into time and space about like the Freebirds coming to the ring and debuting WWF with the flag or like or any of that's like really anything from that time. It's like, you know, how the hell could that happen? It's like because it happened like that's that's just the way that's the way it went. And I'm not saying that it was right or anything like that, but like, you know, it's just it just shows you where the progression is like nothing. There's a lot from back then that is, you know, I mean, what can you say? I mean, some of the biggest angles in history, you know, or have been in some of the worst taste in history. I mean, look at, you know, you know, somebody get Tom, (laughs) you know, down (laughs) in Continental. I mean, stuff like that that is looked at. I mean, you know, the Jerry Lawler thing at the time with his nuts, like, you know, I mean, just so much stuff where it's like. Again, you can't it's hard to try to put somebody back into time and space and explain it. And I know Dave will fight with people with this and stuff like that. It's like it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. Well, with that Pritchard deal, I mean, but you knew when you saw the black eye that this was a bad thing. And someone's got to have to get their butt kicked as opposed to a 20 minute (laughs) promo describing what had happened the previous three weeks and then a stare down in the ring. No, someone, someone, some hands are being thrown tonight. And, and a lockup to begin the, and then a lockup to begin the big match. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, and that, how that's the, my other one too. And how the sponsors affected just to put a coda on this or a button on this. You know, if you remember the Nexus invasion, when Daniel Bryan had the tie around, uh, the ring announcers, Justin, Justin Roberts, uh, Justin yeah. Roberts neck, and apparently one of the sponsors really took a, oh, we don't want that on our wrestling program. <laughs> and yeah. Like, what, what are you what do you think you're getting into here? I mean, it, it almost infuriated me because I'm like, no, he's he's selling that this is an insane beating. And for the number of times that WWE re recycles the we're here to take over. We're here to 
cause chaos type of thing. You actually have an angle that causes chaos, and then the sponsors get angry because you caused too much chaos, and people were too violent in trying to cause it. It just it it's one of those things where, you know what? There, there's going to be a toy manufacturer or a soda pop or a candy bar manufacturer that goes, you know what? We're, we're we think you might be turning off our demographic if you show wrestling to be too violent. So you get these. These. Well, let me ask you a question. I okay. mean, did you immediately think of Chris Benoit when that happened? No. Did do you, did you know anybody that immediately thought of Chris Benoit when that happened, or even slightly after the fact, initially before the 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 rumbling started to come from the uh, the the higher ups? Did did anyone that you know go, God damn, Chris Benoit? I I don't know of anyone. No, you know what the talking point, I remember the talking points after that show. The talking points after that show was up until that invasion, that was one of the worst Raws we've ever seen. (laughs) And and that was the only thing that made it exciting was that kind of sense of loss of control. And, oh, man, this could be the start of something really good. They've introduced a bunch of new characters in here. Daniel Bryan's one of them. Wade Barrett's gotten over really good in terms of his promos and stuff. You know, we, we have some potential here to really spark a new boom or something like that. And then the next week, of course, it just all goes to crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Antonio, I mean, Tarver looked bad as hell. Like when you saw him there with the bandana and they like flashed on him in the crowd and it was like they took a pile of garbage, which was NXT, and they made something out of it. And it was going to be this, you know, that that cool thing. But it, like, you know, that overreaction to it was was certainly something. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like the whole choking thing, it's like they just put up on the network. You know, the the Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper match they got, I can't remember, Charlotte Greensboro, wherever, in July of 83, where, like, you know, he's hanging, you know, yeah. Valentine over the ropes. I grew up with the Road Warriors throwing Kurt Henning in and starting that riot in Indiana, you know, because they, they got Kurt Henning tied up in the ropes, and he looks like he's convulsing, and they, they're hitting him with the chair, and he's bleeding everywhere, mm-hmm. and a goddamn riot breaks out, and it's like, man, that's just, that that was just part of the game, and it's like, you know, you're really... Granted, I know cartoon violence is different than regular violence. There's that mentality, but like, okay, sure. You know, I I will give you that no one believes that the car smashed off the the ledge and that wrestler really died in there. But like choking's not good, but like the repeated, you know, punches to the face are like, I mean, it's an interesting line that you want to draw here and and to be offended about if you want to be an advertiser. Oh, speaking of uh, Valentine and, and Piper on the hidden gems. That just got uploaded. They got a great match on 1983. That's there. the one. Yeah, that's the yeah. one I talked about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you I, oh, I thought, about, you're like, ta- I thought angle- you were talking about the dog collar match. My fault. I, okay. No, no, no. But I mean, that was all part of it, you know, the, which led to that dog collar match because, you know, Valentine, go- I mean, Piper blading his ear and Valentine going mm-hmm. after his ear and the long thing about like, because, you know, the, the in the ma- magazines, uh, it was a, that was a big deal. And I was a big steamboat and youngblood fans so they yeah. they had, they had the thing with slaughter and and uh kernoodle and then the the stuff with the briscoes that year but like i mean mid-atlantic was awesome <laughs> so and uh you know piper and valentine like you couldn't you know piper out there you know acting like he couldn't hear you know doing the deaf man thing you know because acting like the, the you know if you're deaf you, you can't talk you know so you know piper because his equilibrium was off and because he couldn't hear out of his ear anymore you know, began like mumbling his words and like all of that stuff that they did, all of that stuff that made that so crazy, so legendary, all that violence, all that, you know, bad taste, you know, with Valentine, you know, yeah. 
again, from from Piper's skirt all the way up to his ear. And the fact his mama didn't love him like, you know, how would none? You can't do any of that stuff today. And a lot of that stuff, again, you just temper it a little bit. You change some words around. You don't make it, you know, offensive of today's values. And you can still go ahead and do that. And they they do miss that because. They put too much on the entertainment and not enough on the action sometimes. Well, I believe you can't even say the word hate on WWE. And and it, it that just boggles my mind in terms of they're 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 sanitizing it and then there's there's whitewashing so that it just feels like it's everything kind of exists You're in right. a bubble. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it, nobody gets injured and really because everybody want. wants to see the stars. I get that. I get the marketing aspect of it. But, you know, I think people would understand if someone was out a week due to being taken out on a stretcher as opposed to having to see him back at full strength in six days. Well, did anybody risk Roman Reigns on Monday night? (laughs) No. You know, did 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 anyone miss John Cena when he wasn't on SmackDown for all those weeks this year? I mean, or last year? I mean, no, it was was last year. Yeah, basically last year leading into this year. I mean. He's not around now. Like the, those days are kind of over. You don't need that. Yes, you're going to need your stars on the show, and, and things are going to change when SmackDown goes to Fox in 2019 and everything. But like, you know, you don't need that as much as you think you do, or they don't need it as much as Vince, I think, believes that they do. And well, I mean, they you, prove you it had you had aspects week of that week. You had aspects of that on Talking Smack. Like the Miz, the only reason we want to see the Miz and Daniel Bryan is because of those promos on Talking Smack. Those things, I mean, but that's heat. That's what I I want to know that these two really don't like each other, even if they do behind the scenes. I don't care about that. On TV, I can lose myself in knowing that people are taking photos on social media and stuff. If I'm watching it on TV, I can suspend my disbelief and think that these two actually have professional animus against each other that one didn't work the indies and one works a softer style. I am fine with those. You can do those types of things within the PG setting. It's just, they, they, they choose not to, because that's not, that's never been the brand. It's never been what Vince wanted. That's what gets me about, and we'll get to this about the about the TV show that they're going to put on the talk show. I guess Vince has never really been interested in having a great wrestling company. He's been interested in having a great motion picture entertainment company with lots of characters and lots of stars. And and as long as you have those types of personalities, you can market around and branding. He, he wants a he wants a company full of co- corporate mascots that you can put on like breakfast cereals and. And, and and things of that nature and have that kind of, I mean, he casts for type. So I, I just, it's, it, it kills me because he's never liked the sport. He's like the entertainment yes. and that's, you know, that's okay. But you see it in his football life where he likes football. He likes the idea of football. He likes guys slamming into each other. I, I would like to know when the last time Vince McMahon sat through an entire actual football game is and not just the thought of, of of the football game. You know what I mean? Because like all of the stories that you can 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 glean and can get out of athletics, you know, when it happens naturally, I mean, that's exactly what pro wrestling used to do. There's there's roots in it mm-hmm. there. And those stories can be entertaining. They can be great. And you don't need all that verbiage. You could have accomplished a lot of things with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura without AJ trying to remember a bunch of craptastic stuff. And he does a 
good job delivering it. I just don't believe half the shit that he says, especially in the you know with this feud with Nakamura. It's such a put on, and it's really unneeded, and they waste a lot of time with it that could be spent doing something, anything else. And and you know, it's not just that we see it with lots of different people in lots of different places. I mean, you know, that rock Steve Austin. Triple H on like some of those that really screwed everything up. It's you know that everybody always talks about like you know the the Rock and Ric Flair always lost, which means everybody can lose. It's like no, that's not (laughs) the case. And they were such great entertainers. You know, everything kind of came to a pinnacle at that time as far as the great mouths go. On you know when Nitro and Raw kind of blew up to where they were, that it's like this is what we need to do. And it's like no, you forget that like the Brock Lesnar Rock feud. That they had where Brock ended up beating Rocket Hell in the Cell. I mean, that was kind of more athletically orientated. And you still did great ratings. People still wanted to see it. It still did really good money. Like, you can do that sometimes. And just, I don't need to see Ronda Rousey out there. And this is no offense to Ronda Rousey, but she's got how many expressions on her face right now? Like, (laughs) she doesn't have to be in skits. I want to see her laying somebody out. Spend the 15 minutes... And break it up in three different ways, you know, where it's not just that segment where Nia's uncomfortable, Ronda's uncomfortable, it's going on for too long, the crowd is going what, and everything else. It's just that type of stuff just drives me crazy. Yeah, it's it's the, I mean, and it's also just the lack of continuity because Nia's supposed to be this huge baby face and now she's... She's kind of flipped the script and, and, and is, and is yeah. being the bully she's become. It's, it's just, all we want is a little, that- I mean... If we're gonna judge it by the 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 standards of regularly scripted television, you gotta have the same story. You gotta have the characters act in ways that are logical to the you character. Continuity editors. I mean, yes. this has been a thing with WWE script for years. And, yeah, I mean, and then granted, this has been since 1983. They, that Vince has been rewriting what history was, and you have to accept that if you're going to follow WWE because it's not something that you can fight, but it is something where you can go. Again, it, it needs to be pointed out that, hey, you, you don't have to do this or there's such logic gaps you can drive trucks through. And I know they have the attitude, well, people will accept it or they'll come up with their own explanation on how to make things gel. But like, again, it's just not it's something that doesn't need to be done. And it's something that I think hampers them. It really, really does. Mm-hmm. No, I, I uh, uh, but on that kick, I liked I liked the Nakamura um uh oh what's his name uh 10 a uh, ty dillinger ty dillinger thing that is a nice little mid-card squash match for nakamura that incorporates sure. the gimmick into his into his match thing almost perfectly that whole match that's the kind of like if they had step-by-step builds and if i trusted them to do that as opposed to just ah we'll do 50 50 we'll throw this out for a segment we'll throw that out for a segment if they did that kind of thing, that's the kind of match I would expect in that kind of build. I've really thought that had some old school touches, especially Nakamura just walking around counting until he gets to 10, you know. And yeah, sure, the gimmick falls into that. But the visual of, of Ty being up and giving the two hand signals, the two fives, and then doing Nakamura's taunt right back to him, you know, that was nice little storytelling. I thought they have it in them to do these types of builds. Absolutely. They just need to do, and, and, you know, to go back into WWE land a bit, um, Daniel Bryan, you know, I wonder if they know what they have in this character right now, rather than the popular, you know, the popular guy from before who did the yes chance right now. They have a small ass kicking baby face, which is something that they, they 
they just shy away from year after year after year because who's going to believe a small guy can kick a big guy's ass? They, that, that's always been a knock against the company. And I, I just, I didn't mind Daniel Bryan losing in that triple threat match. I wanted him to get beat down more before he lost that way, though. That's the only thing it needed. And it, it gives me doubts that they know what they have in this. They think he's the same guy, and he's actually a better character right now. And he has a lot more interest. And yeah, I, I, I didn't like Cass in this match at all. But at the same time, you gotta protect you gotta protect Daniel Bryan's character here too. And all he you need to do is beat him down a little bit more before putting him in the Coquina clutch. Yeah, I, you know, I know people are down on on the Cass Bryan thing, and I and I get it, I, I yeah. get it, you know. But what did you expect when he came back? I mean, you know, and they they want us look, they want something out of Big Cass, and. What's the best way to find out if they want him to be their next superstar big man? You know, he's got a little bit of a mouth, you know, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a, an OK look, but you don't know if he can go. And what we are finding out is he can't really go. But if you do want him to go and that's he's able in this time, that's the thing. And if he can even slightly keep up with Daniel Bryan and slightly keep up in situations when he's in there with an AJ Styles, a Nakamura, a Joe, uh, you know, any of these guys like, you know. It's sink or swim, and Daniel Bryan's going to be in those positions mm-hmm. sometimes, and as fans, you got to deal with it. Look, if, as long as it's a net positive from some of the nonsense that we had to deal with, with he and Kane and some of the, you know, him and Bray Wyatt, some of that stuff, like, to me, I'm still going to have a level of faith here. Now, ultimately, the idea of him as this old wizard, I love of, like, hey, young man, come here for a second, and, like, you know, he ties him up into a little, you know, that pretzel knot that he did on saturday morning slam and rolls him around for a while and it's like you know i may be old i but you know i may be hurt but i can still do this to you (laughs) like you know i I like that idea but you know him in the picture i like i think it was saying on observer live you know him and samojo i think they know what they have there and Mm -hmm. i and i think they they intended the whole time even though yes it's bait and switch but i mean look it's wwe in 2018 i think they're viewers know it what you know you're gonna have to deal with that whether it's a whether you think it's a good idea or not i mean i think a lot of people are conditioned that that's a swerve is gonna happen sometimes it works out in your favor and like you know aj styles could have came out sometimes it doesn't work out in your favor and you get big cast oh that's i think the deal, i think this is you know. no lose <laughs> i think this is no lose for them quite frankly because you know if big cast doesn't work out well okay fine we tried and we put them in with one of our best guys i don't have a problem with big cast being pushed Per se. Well, that's I, it. And I, then you figure out what you want to do with that dude. But you know, after after this with Daniel Bryan, it's not like, well, man, Big Cass didn't get over. Now Daniel Bryan's going to have to go face like who's who's below Cass on the list. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Daniel Bryan is still going to be moved into something else. It's not going to be hot garbage, I wouldn't think. Well, he, he's, he's a different version right now of Ray Trailer, a younger Ray Trailer when they decide they wanted to do something with him um, in, in Jim Crockett. But even though he's a bit older, the problem problem I have with Cass right now is is they they're not taking his natural abilities. I don't think they're trying to make him work to what they want him to be. And I don't know if that's gonna, the, the entertaining big guy trash talking with like the top hat and the can and look at me, I'm being wacky saying things, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to giving off menace, which is what a guy that size should be doing for the most part. I mean, all he's kind of said is I'm tall and that means money. And then you're like, okay, that's fine, but that's not a personality. That's not a, you know, that that's a marketing hook. 
and and that's what they've given him right now as opposed to kind of uh see i had no problem with the with the crutch uh sketch yesterday i thought that was actually done quite well all things considered i i just i i do agree with the criticism somewhat of it being a bait and switch after after plugging all week but that's what they do they wanted to make Cass a bad guy so yeah. so they the so screw you fanboy we're, we're putting Cass in your dream match <laughs> well and that's you know and that's that's gonna be the trouble that a lot of guys have that come up in their system and i know the, there's a criticism of man that WWE hasn't created anybody. No, that's not true. I mean, they, no. they Charlotte is a creation of them. Rusev's a creation of them. There's going to be people that, you know, in a, well, I was going to say Cody Rhodes. That's a bad example there because Cody had some acting experience going in, and that was a little bit of a different scenario. But, like, some people are going to be good there, and they're going to thrive there, and they're going to have a, a, you know, for them it will be a good finishing school and a good school for them. But for others, you know, for a guy like, uh, almost said test, for a guy like, Cass, I don't know if it's going to be because they want him to be, you know, someone that I don't know if he's he's the those guys have to develop into who they are. You know, it's much better if you go out there and develop into who you are before you're thrust into the main stage because people get thrust in the main stage and through no fault. Look, it's like Nia Jax. I know people batter Nia or they're batter Carmella or they're batter. Uh, uh, Alexa Bliss, and I know Nia takes it worse, and I don't like ever, you know, it's not like I'm their defense system here, but like, what do you expect out of them if they decide to put Alexa and Nia in a 20 minute match instead of like the 30 second match it could have been with Nia just crushing her and like getting her revenge on the bully? Like, at what point is it the talent's fault as opposed to WWE's fault? Like, you know they can't go out there for that long. It's not like you've been slowly testing him out. Like, you put him out there in a high-profile situation, and they went out there and crapped the bed. Like, you know, come on. And, yes, you don't want anybody to hurt anybody. And it's on the, you know, it is on you to get better at some point. You know, that that is true and everything. But, like, at this point with all of their stages, it's like in a, in a different world. Would any of them be on the main roster right now? Would Cass have been on the main roster when he came up? Hell no, <laughs> but it's just that's what they do. Well, it's the disconnect also between the, the performance center and the main roster because on the performance center, the people that have the great long matches, they get brought up to the main roster and Vince doesn't see the casting in them. But 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 he does bring but you get, uh, you know, Nia, Alexa and 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 Carmella. It's like, oh, there's my there's my big monster heel. There's my two hot blondes. Let's make them the stars right now, even though they haven't wrestled those twenty minute matches like Bailey has down on NXT. And and it's it 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 it's getting thrown in to the ocean and saying, Okay, swim now, because you're expected to swim. You're in this Olympic swimming program. It's like, well, I was just doing laps back there. I now I have to swim in a ocean with fish and and i have to acclimate to my environment and you know it's it's very much that sink or swim we're we're handing you the ball but at the same time it's we're handing you the ball but we're also gonna have our offensive line run off the field and hope that you can take it all the way down for a touchdown yeah (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much you know and and not and this is something they've done forever too and not playing to people's strengths that they they have down there i remember when like i don't know if you had ever seen over VW, but like when Antonio Thomas and 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 uh, oh god, now I'm gonna brain lock. Um, Promise Thomas and who's the other dude from the Heartbreakers? 
or uh, the, the heart. Yeah, and then they bring him up into the heartthrobs. No, no, heart, I was saying Deuce and Domino. That's the wrong one. No, Deuce uh. and Domino. Although they were they around the same time in OVW, <laughs> but like you know, like they yeah, got brought up about. and they flipped the gimmick completely over, where it was just like overtly, you know. You know, I guess it was kind of like the androgynous gay gimmick, you know, that they kind of had an OVW, you know, with Mo Green and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what exactly they were on the WWE roster, but it certainly wasn't what they were in OVW. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> you well, know, it, it really doesn't. It's weird. And be- I, well, I was going to say it's weird because this isn't a new phenomenon. It, it's never been because no. you brought up OVW. I, we could go back to the late 80s mid 80s it's almost like they take away your best asset and dare you to get over it's the weirdest thing because you you have like tully and arn and and mike enos and wayne bloom both tag teams that could talk how many times did they get to cut real promos on the wwf never you know you you had you had you brought in the road warriors and their thing is being these big monster guys who kill people their toughness and you give them like neon neon pads and a and a ventriloquist dummy and say all right guys go out there and be badasses you know it's almost it's it's a weird mind screwy type of thing where they go dusty Rhodes is still the, the greatest example ever yeah, hey, we're gonna dress you in polka dots and make you look like an idiot. Go out there and get over. Harley, yeah. <laughs> Harley, Ra- Harley races the king. You know, which yeah, no, you're like this- one of the only times that worked. <laughs> and it, it like it, it, one time it did work, and I swear this is like their excuse. This is like the rocket and beat the when the sheep herders came in. Yes, and I again to try to explain to somebody who only saw the bushwhackers what exactly the sheep herders were before they got there it's like there's a reason that they look like that you should have saw the <laughs> shit they were doing before yeah so and here, like, here's a barbed know, wire match against the fantastics go watch that sometime <laughs> jesus uh, yeah i mean that that one will be forever stuck in my head it was the sheep herders and, and jack victory against terry taylor and the uh and the fantastics and that rickety ass <laughs> You know, wherever the hell they were in Oklahoma or wherever the hell they had filmed that thing. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. You watch stuff in the Northwest with Piper and Martell or or any of that stuff. I mean, in in Puerto Rico, obviously, I mean, Mm -hmm. they they were, you know, the violence was there. And like, yeah, they flipped the switch on them and they started to, you know, the walkabout music and the arm waving and all that stuff. But like, you know, not everybody's going to have that. And you didn't play to their strengths. You, you know, you didn't play to Dick Slater's strength when he came up there and he was all of a sudden the rebel. <laughs> the rebel. And, and they some of the other stuff another, that they did. Another Confederate baby face. They yeah. It's, in the north, in New York City. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, the, look, there were people that had never really seen the, I mean, really had never seen the Freebirds outside of a magazine in Philadelphia and in New York, like, yeah, they had heard about them if they paid attention to the magazines, but if they didn't, they were like three hairy goofballs coming in and <laughs> Dave Wolf and Cindy Lauper aside. I mean, you are still beating people over the head with Confederate flags. And uh, again, it's, it's sorry, you know, if, if this is your your heritage and you love those so much, but to a lot of other people, that's a big bat flag saying lots of other things. So, you know, not everybody is going to be all on board having your baby faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so as part of this package to Fox, there's now a deal that there's going to be a half-hour talk show, I believe, on yep. either FS1 or FS2. 
Can we please? Can, 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 can we already kill the talk that this is going to be talking smack again? Can, no, can we kill that? No, please? we're just starting. Just starting <laughs> until the show is on. Even if they announce it, they announce hosts that are not Renee Young. If they they say the whole set is going to be you know magenta, whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until it airs and until it's over, and they people don't get what they want. They're going to say it's going to be talking smack, and when it's not, they're going to say. I wanted talking smack. It should have been talking smack. We'll see We're what gonna happens, be disappointed. You that's had a, it. I you mean, had a if good it's hit, not you... exactly. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was say if that's if that's exactly if they don't people don't get exactly what they want. That's what they're going to say, and that is all as it stands right now. That is all people want, and they're probably going to be. If history is any indication, I would say they'd be disappointed. Yeah, they they book to their expectations, and then when their expectations aren't met. Then they get angry that <laughs> this product isn't as good as it should be, which is well, kind of what we do. But you had a nice history of of the shows on USA that were very similar to what is being proposed here. Uh, perhaps you'd like to go. <laughs> perhaps you'd like to go through a few of those. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it was a little list. I, I kind of scribbled there at the, the beginning of Observer Live when we were doing those. But I mean, it's like AM Raw, Live Wire, Live Wire, AM Raw. Excess. Um, yeah, he said live wire. I mean, you know, I think Super Astros at the end became <laughs> yeah. became this type of show. Attitude. Attitude was another action zone after uh, All American Wrestling went away. It became action zone, and then I think they they may have played a couple of of, of shotgun matches or shotgun type matches for a while before it became a clip show. And you know, I don't know what we're gonna get. Not all studio shows, as you know, are created equally. You know, there are some that are, you know, you can have a pre or a post game show for a NASCAR race, and you can have their generic NASCAR heat show or whatever it would be called. That, you know, if you missed it at four o'clock in the morning on FS2, you know, you're not really missing anything there. And we'll have to see what WWE does. We'll have to see how serious they are about this thing. You know, but like. Is this going to be their de facto sports center, like real type of show where they want to really push some things across and and make it buzzworthy and newsworthy? Or is it just going to be a pile of fluff or really more so eventually turn into a pile of fluff? Because I will assume they'll come out with everything that they do guns blazing. You know, will it just turn into one of those old shows from the past where you have Scott? They remember Scott Stanford's there and all of a sudden he's he's doing some some wraparounds and and showing you all of the same highlight packages you've seen 17 times already throughout the other 25 million hours of programming that week. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's like the one hour this week in WWE. They have Scott Stanford doing voiceovers. They have a couple of personality type things where we follow Titus O'Neil as he goes to an elementary school full of disadvantaged youths and gives him a pep talk. And then, and then, you know, they were, I was having this conversation with Ryan Satin and he was like, why would they? Why would USA allow Raw to or allow Fox to use Raw footage? And I'm like, they're not going to need it anymore after the live Monday show. They don't stream this, and they don't allow is it Ryan for streaming that big on there. Of a wrestling fan, where is Ryan that big of a wrestling fan of of the history of it? Where it's like that's because that's what they do. <laughs> I mean, like that's why because WWE still owns all the rights to all of their footage, and you can put a a SmackDown show forward and you can have, you know, concentrate on SmackDown, but why, why, 
why would you not mention Raw? They do this on every show. They've done it on each other's shows forever. I mean, like the Raw Rewind and what they call it, the SmackDown Rebound. I mean, there's been a version of this forever. I mean, that's how that works. There was an agreement when it was on UPN that they they would still, they plugged Raw on USA and USA plugged SmackDown on UPN. There wasn't any problem with that. My network TV was was technically a Fox, you know, uh, arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while while NBC Universal had had Raw, so like I mean, again, when you own your own stuff like that, now they what they will in most cases now. Although in this day and age, I think times have changed, but like there used to be a thing where it was like, okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming up on Conan O'Brien's show. Check your mm-hmm. local listings. Like I don't think you have to do that anymore because you you give people the credit for not being stupid. But like at the very least, you can do you know things like that where it's like you know catch Raw on Monday night, check your local listing sort of thing. But even I I think we're just I think at that at this point that's just insulting people's intelligence. It's like it's like saying that. I mean they used to say that for the NFL too, and now you just go okay, you know if if they're making money, we're making money, and. Let's have everybody make some money. I mean, USA would basically be getting free publicity on Fox. So exactly. I, I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't understand why they wouldn't let the footage. I mean, the the, the, the example yeah. used was the NFL and their highlights and keeping them away from ESPN because of the thir- of the Sunday night package. And I'm like, that that's different. That's live. Those, those highlights are still yes fresh. You have an as, NFL as opposed to thing in there. Yeah, you bet. It, There's a whole different scenario there. That's like a lot of people when they were speculating about well. What's going to happen now with Ring of Honor on Sinclair? It's like nothing's going to happen with Ring of Honor on Sinclair. <laughs> I mean, you know, Raw doesn't own local advertising. Number one, they don't even, to my knowledge, in this deal, or we'll have to see. Come like they don't own every advertising, so like obviously they have some say, but like you know, no, Ring of Honor is not going to go anywhere. All of a sudden, SmackDown's not going to not appear like on Friday nights on. Sinclair owned Fox stations like, you know, this uh, one doesn't have to do with the other. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, did you get a chance to see 205 Live? I didn't. And I'm actually upset about that because was it a, a burner again with Buddy Murphy? Oh, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander were great. Oh, man. They, they, they both were... of them are good on their own. Anyway, I love this Buddy Murphy. How he, I don't know who came up with this for him, if he did it, whatever it was. But like his rebirth, it, 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 that's that's been good stuff. I mean, it's weird because every week and and 205 Live has been really the most improved show this year, in my opinion, because when they when they rebooted this tournament, I I still and this is the old school of me. I'm wondering how to get a Greensboro pop for this show because (laughs) they're killing each other in the ring and they're doing great. But you you watch the crowd and there will be pockets that stand up and cheer. And there were a lot that did after this match because it's a great match tonight. But, but I'm like, can we get a smaller building, preferably not full sale and just tape it for hardcore indie wrestling fans to then give the reactions that these guys deserve. I know they may not make as much money, but this half empty giant arena where sound travels up is is just i i don't i'm frustrated by it because it's been such a good show and i don't know if there's a way to fix it the way that they would want to fix it i you know to me the easiest thing it's either blend those guys blend those guys into one of the other shows yeah um it's like i was saying i mean in new japan granted different time different thing and everything but like the whole thing with Finn Balor getting over 
there. I mean, he was competing for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. He won that title. He went and wrestled the heavyweight champion and, and lost to, to Tanahashi. I believe that's who he was champion at the time. But, like, none of that mattered because he was this cool character who started this cool group. And he was a champion. And he was winning. And when he would be losing, his friends would come in and help him. And it was, like, a great story to get involved with. And, like, that's the biggest thing with this show. Once you put the purple ropes on, once you separate it, once you do that it becomes something else that just there's a large majority of people that just are going to shut off to it. You it's know, lesser, and a large it's lesser. That, and it's lesser. It's a lesser. Minds. What exactly? And it's not the big time. It's like when people, you know, you talk to a lot of New Yorkers, you know, that New York mentality of like, yeah, it's not big time because it's not here. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if you were there, if you were now in New York or LA or Chicago or Miami, like Dallas, like you feel that like it's offensive to some other people, but like you, you get that. But like, that's that's the how usually how these crowds go and the the mentality of a packed group of like WWE fans. I mean, that's how it goes. Once you've separated it from that, they've been trained that it doesn't matter. And if you just incorporated these guys into regular TV, if you made them serious, if you made it matter, the story's going to get them. Like nobody thinks about Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and the storyline with the family and all and Dominic and all that and goes. Man, that was a great small guy cruiserweight story. No, nobody even remembers there were titles or if there even were titles involved. They don't give mm-hmm. a shit about that. The story kicked ass and it got women involved and like stuff like that. And it's like you can do those things with these guys not separated. And if you are going to separate them, and I know what you're saying about NXT, then when they go on the road and they wrestle in like smaller places, like when they went like outside Baltimore, I think they ran like UMBC and Catonsville or I can't remember oh, where it right. was. Like, you know, like if they go to Chicago Ridge, if they go there, whatever, like wherever you go and you have the little bit of a bigger road shows, that's where you go ahead and tape like that. Go ahead and do that stuff there. So it's not being taped at full sale all the time. It's out there in front of different crowds that may be seeing some people for the first time. I mean, like to me, like I would make sure everything that Ricochet does is being recorded because there are going to be people seeing Ricochet for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I would just keep like the cameras on the crowd because you're going to get reactions of people like literally with their minds and their heads exploding off of their bodies, seeing what this guy does. And like, again, I'm Cedric and and Buddy didn't you know reinvent the wheel last night, I'm sure, or anything, and and Buddy hasn't been doing that. None of those guys do that on that show. But, like, it is going to be new to some people. It is going to be fascinating to some people, and they're going to pay attention to it more, again, if it's either on the main show or it's being, they're in a situation where, like you mentioned, they have their people, the people that want to see these guys and love this stuff, and that's going to create the buzz that will sooner or later at least that you hope will kind of build on to it because they're certainly not getting any buzz for it right now no you you got to go to an nxt takeover when it when it comes to to the new york new jersey area uh, go because the crowd is it's it's what i remember wrestling being it's what it's not going to be the the uh the cap center or well not the cap center what's what's the baltimore arena that they ran NWA, a oh, Baltimore Arena. Oh, Baltimore the, Arena. The, 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 yeah, the Civic Center and then the Arena. Civic Center. It's amazing. That building's been there forever. Yeah, no, these <laughs> buildings have been there forever. But it's like, yeah. I, I showed, uh, I showed the the new girlfriend, um, who is a New Japan fan. I showed her 1989, the Bash. I showed her uh, the Fantastics versus the Midnights, and she was just amazed at the crowd. 
and how loud they were oh. and how they were just yelling for everything. And then when they got to the peak part, just the screaming to win as opposed to these chants, you know, that was awesome. And, and things like that. It's like, how do I get that back again? And how do I get that for 205 Live? I always sit around and I try and think about that. And it's like, I can't get it because it's a different time and place. But, but man, they, they deserve those types of ovations after after these matches. And no, go go out here. Yes, yeah, the main event this week. Uh, spectacular. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up something interesting. Uh, who should have won that gauntlet match on Monday night? Um... In your opinion, I'm fine with Sasha Banks winning it. I mean, I, I I'm okay with Sasha Banks winning it. I, I I would have rather, honestly, I would have rather seen Mickey James. I think win the thing, um, especially doing it in Richmond. Although <laughs> you know, I get, I, I know that's not what they're going to do, and they've seemingly put the brakes on Bailey and Sasha. So to have Sasha in the match, I mean, you know, I guess it. I don't know. Her and Lana, I just around ladders just makes me cringe a little bit. But God bless them both. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens here. Um, but I I think how they ended up going about it, I didn't really like that because I don't think it really nobody I think benefited from anything. I mean, I think the first person, you know, I, I just I don't know. I I just don't think any of it really flowed very well. They rushed through everything, and it was like ah. Eh. You know, uh, I don't know. But, they but thought, Ruby Riot, I don't mind even Ruby Riot winning the thing. Wouldn't mm-hmm. have hurt my feelings that much. No, they thought it was going to be like the men's gauntlet, I think. And, and there's no way it's going to be like that. The, the, the match that they had uh, before, I think it was Elimination Chamber. That was so good on Raw. And this one wasn't. But no, those are the two choices I would have had. I thought, I thought you know, Sasha's had the Elimination Chamber. Ruby Riot has been built up beating Bailey, beating Sasha, even though she lost her triple threat, you know, they've been building up her as a mega heel in this division. I thought she should have been in this money in the bank match to not to, to also balance it out just because they need at the time Lana was a baby face. She's apparently been turned heel again, which is again another thing like Nia Jax where it's like one week she's a face, one week she's a baby or she's a heel, and now we can't decide whether or not to boo or cheer her because all cheers and boos are now audience participation. So there's no real heels anyways, but I thought Mickey James would have also been a great pick just to have another veteran presence in the match. And also, yeah, the Richmond, Virginia thing. Why are you, why are you beating her in her hometown? Why do they do this? Mike, why do they do this all the time? This kills me so much. It's Mark like, Henry says it's, it's what they do, man. It's I what know, they do. Oh, I know. Um, do they the, uh, buy everybody? Like, does everybody get the free beer afterwards? I mean, at least you should get a <laughs> meal somewhere. I mean, they should do something because I mean, it's like a tradition now. Like, you, you're going home. You're gonna get. You're gonna get uh, Shinsuke in the crotch. I mean, it's just that's how it's gonna go down now. The only thing I would say about Ruby Riot though is. She doesn't need that briefcase around. The only reason she would need it is because, like, one of the other girls can hold it and smack somebody upside of the the head with it. But, like, I don't know if she necessarily needs to have that thing because I still believe in her as a threat on her own. You know what I mean? And I think she's one of the few that I would say, okay, you know, you put her in a match. And obviously against Ronda, like, for real, you got to chuck your brain. But, like, okay, okay, I'll take that match up. It was like when they they would bastardize uh, um, – what's my man's name there? Uh – uh, Fox. Um, 
I was going to say AR Fox, but that's not it. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. How soon I forget. Tyrus. Um, uh, when he was the Funkasaurus there. And oh. he came back and it was like he was always Brodus, getting knocked Brodus out Clay. by Big Brodus Brodus Clay. Clay. Like get knocked out by Big Show for no reason. It's like, well, don't do not do that. There's very few big guys. And, like, we know he was a bouncer for Snoop. Like, I know he's a goofball, but, like, don't don't, like – just play him out like that all the time like he's still a threat he's still a big guy it's like trying to have people that can compete with brock lesnar but you put him in there and it's like who are people going to believe that list is low so don't don't burn through him and don't you know don't don't play him out like that and, and ruby Wright, i think is still can be like on paper in the ring she's a threat to ronda rousey where nobody in her group and like alexa bliss it's like you look at the rest of the women on that roster. It's like, well, you got Natty, you got Ruby, and you got who else on there right now? Yeah, it because it, Sasha and Bailey don't do it for me. Well, that, that's and, it's still one of the great say Sasha fans are going to say Sasha and they'll yeah. believe in her, and that's fine. So, okay, I'll give you three, but like, so I can see them not like having her in the match, but like how they went about going to do everything. You know, it didn't make her look good at all. You know, the mm-hmm. only good part was, you know, them beating up Bailey, but that whole situation's all foobar because it's like, isn't Bailey supposed to be like, you know, throwing Sasha through lockers now too? It's just it's all screwed up. And nobody nobody cares if you beat up Bailey anymore. Because because all her goodwill was shot when you beat her in San Jose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that remember that whole thing of like, how can they screw up Bailey? Oh well, God. all you have to do fear. all you have to do is show Vince a picture of, of Izzy and, and he'll think about his granddaughters. Nope. He's gonna look at Bailey and go, She's not model hot. I'm not pushing her. <laughs> That's I, just, I mean, yeah, and, and not grasping like, you know, it's just it's just not grasping what made somebody something and that's you know, him and Kevin Dunn, and that's always going to be a thing while that guard is there. And then whoever comes in after him, Triple H, and he could have, again, I don't know who his TV guy would be, but, you know, your, your Terry Taylors and Adam Pierce's and whoever's there. I mean, whoever gets the bumps, you know, as the generations move on, like, they're going to have their own thing, too, that, 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 that they're going to do. So, like, I mean, it's a never-ending thing. It's just I hope that Again, some of the slapdash stuff that they do, some of the stuff on the fly, like this Naya thing, which made no sense whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I mean, none of that. I mean, the turn, you know, her turning on Alexa was great. Like, from the moment it happened, everything after that was trash. And it's like, how do you take something so simple? It's like, I don't know. Why, why they do that, I have no idea. You remember with Tyrus, they did like six weeks of vignettes with him as a killer, and then they brought him out as uh, the Funkasaur. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I was that like, was oh, so you- bizarre. <laughs> and I remember hearing him do an interview after that. And it may have been the uh, the, the Sean Oliver um, you shoot where it was like, you know, it was going to be they had this here. Then it was Big Show had just come back and it was this person and this person and this person. And I would have been like the fourth monster that they had. And I didn't want to be the fourth my- Mark Henry may have been in the way of him, and it's like he didn't want to be that fourth guy, so he wanted to try something completely different. But it was like, yeah, and that was that was kind of cool and everything, but like it was such a juxtaposition from what we were seeing, where it was like Brodus Clay, killer from NXT, you know, Soup's <laughs> bodyguard, like this ominous presence, and he popped out, and it was like, oh, Somebody for real? Like mama. it was nice to see. <laughs> Like, I was loving like I the fact they brought back Ernest Miller's music, yes. the fact that Naomi and Cameron both looked 
extra good. And the fact that I love cartoon characters, <laughs> and, and, you know, I can handle that. And like Suplex Baby and like all that, like all of this, like everything about it, I kind of like. But it was like, well, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, when you have a character like that, in most cases, you know, their shelf life right off the bat, even if you have good hopes for him. And that ended up certainly being the case. Um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll end with this and I don't know if you're ready for it. Any thoughts on Io Shirai coming to, <laughs> coming to the WWE, hopefully, um, not NXT. <laughs> I, uh, she'll go to NXT. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, why, why wouldn't she, uh, hey, just, you know, if Hojo's there, she's got to be there. She doesn't need to be there. Uh, but Oscar was there. Uh, yeah. Everybody else seems to go there, so she's she's going to go there, and that's it, that's that's probably good because I'm sure she's had her you know her freedom, and and it's just it, it's a different diff, different way to do things, and she's been there and has seen some of it. Dave reported she didn't like a whole lot of it, so there there may be a curve to get over a little bit, but obviously she wants to be there. They want her. It's a good idea. I mean, if, if anybody's unaware of, of who she is, I mean, it's she's easy to look up. Uh, some people are calling her the best woman's wrestler in the world. I disagree strongly with that. I don't think she, like, she's out of the top ten or anything, but like, there's Mako Satamora. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really good women's wrestlers out there, but she certainly, she certainly earns her spot in that list, and she's got a familiarity with a lot of those women that have gone through you know, stardom before, you know, Nikki Cross, you know, people don't realize, you know, T- Tony Storm's coming in and I'm sure they're going to utilize her more than just the UK show. At least I would hope so. Like, you know, her and like, there's there have been people they've gone through that are familiar with her and that she's been around a long time. She's a pro. She's going to be a valuable addition to that roster for as much as they let her be. Now, mm-hmm. she she doesn't have she's not Kana, uh, you know, or she's not Asuka. Right. Um She's she's Io Shirai. She's not Hojo. She's Io Shirai. So I don't know. I don't know what it's all going to be, but we'll see what the gimmick is. Um, I wish they would bring in Mako Satomura and make her almost a James Bond style assistant to Nakamura where she just kicks people and she's very reserved. Like I, I've had this thing in my mind of what you could do with, with Mako Satomura that would be just so easy <laughs> Because, again, <laughs> considering she can kick the ass of most men, I mean, but I just her I would love I would have much rather seen her in there than than EO. But I mean, again, she sure I looks the part. I mean, she is every she could be again. We'll see how her English is and all that stuff, because I don't I don't know if she knows any at all. But like, you know, again, she'll like a lot of people. She'll be go as far as they want her to go. But as far as the look, as far as the action, as far as the physicality, as far as there's going to be nothing they throw at her physically that she can't do down there okay maybe not the olympic lifting you know we got to watch whatever gives everybody the bad shoulders and bad rotator cuffs and whatnot but like you know with the exception of that there's going to be very little that they can throw at her except for how they do entertainment and we'll see where they go yeah on the one hand you're amazed because there's so much now asian and foreign talent on this roster and on the other hand, you have absolutely no faith that they're going once they get out of the NXT system, which is more of a straight wrestling build, that they're going to have any idea what to do with any of these people. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> please don't put them all in a stable together unless it's, you know, unless they have a nice spokesperson or unless you have an idea for them. 
you know, because you're watching like that's the one thing on two or five live the Tazawa and uh, Atami thing. It's like oh, okay, it's it's fine, but it's not great. And you know these guys can do more. Uh, it's funny you have your own fantasy. I mean, look my, my, at Dorada. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the Mexican guys, are kind of the same way. It's like, why don't you just let him and like that? What's how I would have opened up two hundred five live initially was like, just put him and Tozawa out there because I guarantee you, and let them do, let them do like you know, Tajiri super crazy type stuff. And it's like it doesn't matter if dudes speak English or not. Like if you let them go, people are gonna understand what they're doing and they're gonna go crazy for it. And they just. That's not what they wanted to do. <laughs> he, 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 well, well, that, that's the thing that'll anger you about 205 because he's reduced to basically saying party in Lucha House yeah. party and promo. So, I mean, <laughs> my, my, my fantasy oh. booking right now is Madison Eagles for a four-month four run on the SmackDown roster to be a, a foil to, to Charlotte to get her over as a babyface because she needs someone tall like that to really just beat her down a bit and make her sympathetic because there's just no way you can get Charlotte over as a baby face with her being that dominant. <laughs> um, anyways, Mike, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, let's get your plugs in. I mean, does, does anybody really want to hear my plugs? They are. I do. Are. I want to hear I mean, your this, plugs. Where can I find you on Twitter? The voice of wrestling, the voice of wrestling network. You just, you're all just, just angry refugees <laughs> hanging on from, from F4W. I mean, it's how this whole thing started. I can do this thing better. And and it's possible that you've been right. I don't I don't know, but <laughs> look at look, Supper we're, BB. We're, we're the biggest Twitter. biggest heels, I guess, in 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 wrestling in the internet wrestling community, if there is one anymore. I, it's like everybody. Oh, you're not like those voices of wrestling guys, are you? <laughs> you're just like you know. Al Allen had a choice on where he could go. He looked at you guys and fuck this. I'm going to the torch. It's well, yeah. like. Just a little decorum, please. Well, that, that's where the refugees from Figure Four now go. Haven't you heard? That's that's a built their network is everybody well, jumping ship from you guys. So, well, I mean, it was yeah, it was Todd. It really, it was players to be named later, like Derek Bergen and I. You know, gone, and and that's what ended up. You know, thank God those guys went over there because you would have been stuck with Sean Radigan, and nobody likes that. I mean, really. <laughs> Oh, we're getting too much into the weeds. Pl plug your radio shows. They're good. <laughs> That's, you know, when, when I, well, yeah, I'm in my big audio nightmare. Hopefully returning soon. In fact, uh, hopefully returning this week as we record this thing right now, whenever in history that you're listening to this. Whenever it is, hopefully we are recording it on my big audio nightmare because I like doing that show. I do that with Adam Summers. It's it's really at this point more therapy for Adam than anything. But what well, we do that show and we our muse is Japanese wrestling, but we end up talking about a lot of hockey and, and baby <laughs> raising and, and other things as as well too. But uh, uh, as we go to a lot of sh a lot of shows too, uh, more than probably he has in a long long time since the old PPH days where he's going to IWA Mid South shows and Ring of Honor shows and. And all over the place, uh, you know, going going to a lot more ROH shows and stuff like that. Now that uh, the the Japanese guys from New Japan, uh, you know, the, that influence is in. He's he's all excited again. So love doing those shows with him. Um, obviously, I do Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez that you can hear every single day. I don't know if you know this or not. It is the most listened to daily pro wrestling <laughs> MMA radio show anywhere in the galaxy. And uh, and I do that every single day. Every single 
fucking day, Monday through Friday, <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern time. It is replayed at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time as well, too, no matter where you are in the world. Just go ahead and, and resync your timers for that. You can listen to it on TuneIn for both times if you're in the service. Uh, American Forces Radio picks up the show, and I love that they do that uh, at 8 o'clock. Uh, the 8 o'clock replay. Everybody plays the Sunday show live and direct at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can add on the cable radio network and, and, and Sirius XM satellite radio and a lot more affiliates uh, when it's not football season uh, over the air nationwide. But, you know, as the old saying goes, check your local listings for that. And is there, is you never know. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just saying, I, 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 you never know where I, I may end up popping up as well, too, in a guest shot or. Or, or possibly on, on Patreon doing my own thing because I'm being driven nuts in, in other places. But regardless, what were you about to say about Ovi? I was going to say, can Ovechkin win a cup this year? Fuck no. No, he cannot. No, he can't. You know, man. Look, all right. Hey, look, I'm 40 years old. I moved to Washington, D.C. In 1981, 82, I can't remember when it was. I think it was maybe the beginning of 82. We moved there. And in my lifetime, I've got, uh, I remember seeing, and I was not a Redskin fan. I, I, I was birthed by Giant fans, so I could never like the Redskins. I chose the Colts. They left. I picked the Falcons. That's a story for a different day. But, like, I can at least say I saw them win three Super Bowls. I remember Georgetown <laughs> making three Final Fours, including winning an NCAA championship. I saw D.C. United take home a couple of MLS Cups. I mean, I, I was there for that. And I remember when, like, the only thing that you had to make fun of was, the like, the bullets. But even then, it, it's like, you know, hope would always spring eternal, right? <laughs> Man, I talk to people now, and again, it's like checking my age when I, like, I'll talk to people, and it's like, I'll talk about Mark Rippon and, and people will be looking at me and it's like, dude, I was born in like 1999. Like Mark Rippon was 1991. Like my hell has never ended. I've never known anything but hell. And I don't think that with Vegas playing the way they are this year, I don't think those poor folks in D.C. are ever going to get what they want. <laughs> Not anytime soon. I mean, it just... And and this is going to be the most fun Stanley Cup Finals. I honestly believe this in a long time because I think these games are all going to be World Championships, you know, Olympic style of games that are going to end eight six and six three and 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 that sort of thing. I mean, I think the over under on these all of these games is at least should at least be five and a half, if not higher, because they're going to go nuts and it's going to be fun. But like. It's, I mean, any other time you'd be saying the Washington Capitals played the, like they did throughout the year and they're facing an expansion team in the finals. I mean, it's got to be the year, right? No. No. <laughs> Sorry, no. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 